HTWOW, October, Season 7. Go, Dave. Hello and welcome to HTWOW. High Tea with Old Waver, episode number 75, if you can believe that. And before we get to hot, hot jams and a very special guest that Toby, because he is a music detective, had no problem figuring out, Mm -mm. uh, want to talk to you about the importance of washing your hands because I obviously didn't wash my hands enough and got funk in my face and I sound terrible, but I feel fine. You look great. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And also want to encourage you, if you are not already, to become a patron of this podcast. Now, becoming a patron nowadays is even more of a sign of altruism than it was before. Because before we used to do a uh, bonus podcast every month, but uh, things being what they are, schedules being what they are, we just don't have time to do a full other podcast on top of this podcast every month. We can barely get this one out. So um, those patrons who have stuck with us, we thank you. Um, but those of you who wish to become a patron and want to just throw us a couple bucks every month because you like us and because you want to access all of the previous recordings that we have, uh, you can do so. It's just two bucks a month. And that gives you access to the uh, HTL After Dark Library. And in that library, there are, oh gosh, I'm trying to see, there are 54 after darks in that library wow uh just 54 episodes packed full of comedy and jams that you can (laughs) listen to at your leisure um so if that sounds interesting to you or if you don't care about that and you just want to give us some money uh go to oldwaver.com and click on premium or go to patreon.com and search htwow and uh like i said two bucks a month uh, you can uh, help us buy equipment, help uh, defer Toby's gas costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, just show us how much you love us. And we will throw out bonus content um, from time to time. Uh, maybe like, is four times a year enough? Once a quarter, is that is that enough to promise? Promise what? Something. Okay, like bonus, no, bonus we can content. do that. I think that we... We each can put out different playlists. We can, uh, we, you know, what we need to do since we kind of have the thing worked out. We need to have a good DJ night. That's true. That That's anybody. True. I wonder how many people we can invite to our jam. Oh gosh, we'll have to figure that out. TBD on that. But uh, yeah, if you want to support us, great. If not, thanks for listening to this. Start. All right, here we go. Here we go. In and Out of Love. First song on the record. The album 7,800 Fahrenheit? Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, how do you say it? 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad I don't know any of this stuff. I guess uh, maybe I think that's the melting point of rock or something stupid. Oh, is that what it is? 
I don't know. Okay. Belated Halloween, everybody. This is HT Wow, episode number 75, the October 2023 episode. Maybe we're a little late, but it's just because we like to have fun. <laughs> and the fall is packed with fun. We will talk about some of that fun on this podcast. H2O, of course, is an acronym. Sorry, had a scratch there for a second. Okay. It stands for High Tea with Old Waver. Kobe Pipes is the high tea part. He is the guitarist and founding member of Dallas Rockstars Deep Blue Something. <laughs> I am the old waiver part. My name is Dave. I also moonlight on the radio as Gen X Davey. 
And together we make this monthly podcast somewhat on the regular. It is a song swap and a beer swap, usually. But today, it is day. This, this began as a, uh, a late night drunken song swap that we turned into a podcast. But because, uh, because of my moonlight job on the radio, I don't have time to visit Toby in College Station as much anymore. And so, in order to get this in, even though it's late, we decided to do a matinee recording of HTWOW. So we're not drinking beers or seltzers. We're drinking coffee. Although I did put a little liqueur 43 in mine. You did? Just to, you know, spice it up a little bit. Okay. All right, I'll get a little spicy with maybe some, uh, you know, maybe some brunch uh, beverages. Oh, maybe a... If you know what those are like. A Prosecco? Maybe I will. I wouldn't shame you one bit. Okay, that kind of seems like that's up my alley. And we are listening to... Every day is like Halloween by Ministry, very early Ministry. Yeah. And I know we played this for a uh, an October pod before many years ago, but we uh, we can repeat ourselves if we so choose. Yeah. And it also is appropriate to repeat ourselves because the album of the month this month is Ministry tracks rarities a vinyl reissue of the early tracks rarities compilation of ministry that has all the stuff that was even before with sympathy that is very synthy just like this that's a good one to win i'm glad he got over his uh hatred of the early stuff yeah al he once he got into heroin and guitars and got all butch and motor <laughs> and motorcycle guy, he uh, he distanced from all that great early '80s, mid '80s output, and uh, he doesn't need to. It's great stuff. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he got a little older and went. You know what? That stuff's pretty good. Yeah, I well, I think he realized that kids today like that kind of stuff and he needed to walk back his hatred because he needed to sell some records. Yeah, I get that very first record. He might not like the way he was using such an English accent. Yeah, I mean... I don't like care. Like, uh, the every day is, is like Halloween. He's not doing that kind of sneer. Right. Kind of Billy Idol voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, I think he probably has a point when he talks about how with sympathy yeah the the production and whoever from the label was pushing him in a certain direction uh-huh so yeah maybe he uh, doesn't like the way the songs turned out but he wrote the songs mm-hmm they're good songs he might should do a re-record of that whole record that'd be yeah. cool he should do Taylor's version mm-hmm. <laughs> with sympathy uh, so anyway if you want to win a copy of ministry tracks rarities 
then uh, please visit our vinyl sponsor, PositiveSpin.com. Positive Spin Records. Positive with a Z. With a Z. If you go to PositiveSpin.com and click on the banner at the top that says win the H2L album of the month, you will be entered into a drawing and you will have surprisingly good odds to win a brand new repressing of ministry tracks. So here we are, Toby. We have, I feel like, I mean, it's only been a month since we did this, but I feel like we have a lot of ground to cover. We do. This was a busy month. Yeah, because since the last time we spoke, I saw Depeche Mode twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, our good friend and my nemesis for your attention, Taylor Young, got married, and we were both in that wedding. Yeah. And uh, did you take a trip? I can't remember what else was going down with you. No. I've just been back and forth to Dallas from the station. That's right. Because you are, are living two separate lives. I am. I am. <laughs> you are you are a, a very duplicitous man these days. I've been driving a lot, Dave. Putting lots of miles on that, that new car you got. I know, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so let's get right to it. Because uh, too often we patter at the beginning mm-hmm. and we wait too long to get to the jams. How are you feeling, by the way? I'm... I, I feel better than I sound. Okay. Because we, yeah, I guess we can talk about that too. I went to California with uh, the radio show. We saw the Cowboys play the Chargers on Monday Night Football at SoFi in L.A. Uh-huh. And when we came back from the trip, uh, my co-host Corby had the sickness. And Oh, then, that's what went on. Okay. Yeah, and then as soon as he was over it, I came down with it. And now I am on the rebound, but now my wife has it. Nice. My my dear pregnant wife is sick with what I had, so I feel terrible mm. about it. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but yeah, it was mostly just a, a terrible head cold. I did have a fever for like a day and body aches, but wasn't COVID. Took a test. Wasn't COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but just terrible, terrible head cold. And so I, I sound real stuffy, uh, but... I feel fine. Okay, good. That's great. I just wanted to clear that up, Dave. Yeah, so we can also uh, talk about uh, the California trip. Yeah, we need to. If, I have if questions. you uh, want to talk about that later. Yeah. So, but let's go ahead and get to jams. And I usually don't do a, a themed show necessarily. Uh huh. I like to play new stuff, um, but I usually have a, a backlog of new stuff that I want to play. However, I am going to highlight two songs from the same band off of the same record, which is uh, something I don't know that I've done before. But the band is called Crosses, and the album is called Goodnight, God Bless, I Love You, Delete. (laughs) And uh, the first song that we're going to play is Girls Float, Boys Cry. And so I don't want to do very much setup because... This came across my feed. I was not familiar with this band, uh, but then it made total sense why I liked it so much. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm playing two songs off the record, and honestly, it's uh, it's all killer, no filler. It's it's a really really good record. They have 15 tracks on the record, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much all good. Um, but there is a guest star 
on this first track that we're going to play. And so I want you to, one, identify the guest star, which I think you will have uh, very little trouble doing, <laughs> and then see if you can, uh, I guess, come up with any kind of uh, biographical information of this band based on what you hear. Okay. And I, th I think you might be surprised. Okay. All right. So this is Crosses first up on the October edition of HTWOW, and this is entitled Girls Float, Boys Cry. I can't shake it 
All right. First of all. Yes. Did you identify the guest vocalist? In the background of those Cori? Uh-huh. That was Robert Smith. That was Robert Smith. But it does kind of give it away in the title a little bit. Yeah. Girls float, boys cry. It makes you think Robert Smith instantly. Indeed. Um, the band has a very... Uh, a newer album, Depeche Mode feel. Do you know what I mean? Like it has... Like in their last couple of records, they'll have a few songs that are just like this. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you listen to the full record, it, it does... Most of the time, it sounded like a mashup to me of Depeche Mode and The Faint. Okay. Yeah, that's a jam. I like that. How did you come across this? Uh, well, like I said, it was just uh, I, when I was scrolling through new releases on my my Apple Music. Okay. It, you know, the the cover has uh, a uh, a very fetching gothy girl. Mm-hmm in a robe with uh like sexy stockings and she's kneeling in prayer yeah and it looks like something's on the ground there yeah and and you know they're they're called crosses but they stylize it with just three crosses and so it just looks super goth and you know she's got kind of a she's like almost anime Mm -hmm. in a way yeah you know, it's not a photo. It's like photorealistic. And just it was intriguing to me. And so I listened to it immediately. And I was like, man, what is this? And so I was unaware that this existed. Okay. Um, but they they put out a debut record in 2014 that was just self-titled uh, that flew right by me. Uh, they had a couple of EPs before that. But it's a, a duo and so the musician, uh, or I guess the, the guy who writes most of the music, uh-huh. is a guy named Sean Lopez. He also uh, is uh, in a band called Far and a band called Chuck Doom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then the singer is Chino Moreno of the Deftones. Oh, Okay. And so, you know, Deftones, very, very heavy. Mm. Sometimes they they skew a little shoegazy. Yeah. But um, he does have a, he has a nice voice when he sings. Yeah, he's got a very nice voice. And he also, I mean, you can tell that he has a, like a, a soft spot for 80s goth. Right. And, and 80s music. And so this is a side project that he started uh, with this other dude, Sean Lopez, in 2011 in L.A. And so uh, they've just been doing it off and on. And I guess uh, it had been a while since they had released new material. But then post-pandemic, they came out with a couple of singles. And then they just came out um, in, uh, I guess beginning of October mm-hmm. this this new record good night god bless i love you delete and i just i i thought it was really really good and i was just totally taken by surprise and uh, i wanted to share it with you 
Yeah, it's really nice. I like that. Um, I like that Robert Smith will just if someone asks him, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm in." Yeah, so that was a funny story. I looked it up. So Chino Moreno, he loves The Cure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they've ever played with The Cure. The Deftones and The Cure have ever played like on a festival bill. I don't know if they've ever met. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But he obviously idolizes him. And so he sent that track to Robert and asked him, he said, uh, you know, I, I've loved you forever. I think you would be perfect on this track. Would you mind um, adding some background vocals or just whatever you think? And so he sent it off and he didn't hear from Robert for a couple months. And he was like, well, I guess he just decided not to or just never saw it. And he just kind of chalked it up to, you know, well, at least I tried. Uh-huh, right. And, that, and then as soon as he kind of gave up on ever hearing back from Robert, he didn't even get a message back. He just got the track back with the vocals on it. That's awesome. That Robert just, uh, as soon as he got around to it, he did it and then just sent it back. No kind of formality, yeah. no kind of nice to meet you, great song, whatever. Huh. How would you send, do you think that goes through management or do you just send it to Instagram? <laughs> like, how do you get I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if he if he had a direct contact for Robert or if Robert's easy to find if, if you uh, know who to ask. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he just sent it off and then got it back a couple months later. And that's the finished product. So I'm sure that with his management and just someone knows somebody that knows how to get in touch with him. I'm sure that's how that was done, right? You don't just DM him. Yeah, yeah. It, it probably was a uh, a managed connection. Uh-huh. But but still, very cool that uh, that it was, even though, you know, not like Deftones are mega huge, but they are pretty big. They're big. And Chino Moreno has certainly done a lot of stuff and people idolize him. But for him to... <laughs> kind of sheepishly send this off to his hero and then be surprised when he gets it back. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool part, too. He doesn't overdo it. He's just kind of... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you ha- it's unmistakable, but it's not in your face. Yeah, and they didn't give him, like, a verse. Because the churches did that. The Didn't they do that with him and he had a whole yeah. verse and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Man, just ask Robert to... He'll do yeah, it. just just ask Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, we mentioned that they they sound like Latter Day Depeche Mode. Do you want to talk about the Depeche Mode shows real quick before we get into your jam? Let's go. Which one was first? Was Austin first? Yeah, I I did a a double dip because they they did two legs of the North American tour, and the first time around they only did San Antonio, and our friend Craig. Uh, went to that Mm -hmm. Um, but I tried to get in on the pre-sale and was not successful and so I was like well surely they're going to come back and then they did and so they did Houston, Austin, Dallas and so I did not do Houston but I did Austin and Dallas Austin was on a Friday and Dallas was on a Sunday Mm -hmm. and so when I bought the tickets my wife was not pregnant (laughs) but (laughs) turns out she was about to enter her third trimester when the uh, the show went down. So I begged her. I was like, please, 
come with me to Austin because I had two tickets for the Austin show and three tickets for the Dallas show. And I said, I- I'm, I'm going to take our buddies Dale and Craig to the Dallas show. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I really want you, Marissa, to come with me to Austin. And in order to make it worth her while, I got us uh, a room at, at uh, Zaza in downtown Austin. Fancy, fancy. I know. I mean, it was not cheap, but it was so worth it because uh-huh. it's such such a great location just off 4th Street. Um, it's like right across the street from that uh, where we saw Thomas Dolby. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he, we saw him. They had a tent on Fourth Street, right outside that that alley, whatever <laughs> yeah. that, and that uh, and that kind of pub that, over there. Yeah, the pub. Yeah, and uh, the pub is still there, but it was Deadsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of new stuff over there. I've been to Austin forever, and I hardly recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zaza was great, and so we went to the show on Friday night, and we were on the floor, but way at the back. Uh, but it was still very cool to be in the building. And, you know, it, it was great that we had seats, you know, I, I was glad that, that it was a floor situation with seats and rows so she could sit down. Right, right. And then, uh, you know, when it wasn't a jam that I was necessarily super into, I would sit next to her and, uh, you know, rub her back and talk to her and make sure that she didn't feel like she was just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah, so it was it was great fun, and then we had the entire day Saturday to just hang out at the pool at Zaza, which was amazing. You know, uh-huh. we watch we're watching college football, and uh, you know, having uh, cocktails and mocktails by the pool. Nice. Uh, and then went out to a nice dinner in Austin that that night. And then brunch on Sunday and then drove back Sunday. And then I, of course, met up with the fellas for the Cowboy game that afternoon. And then we went straight to uh, American Airlines Center for the Dallas show. Yeah. And uh, the shows were were like 90 percent or 95 percent the same. Uh-huh. Uh, there were uh, like two songs that were swapped out. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but. That's cool to even do that, though, because that's to change it up like that for a show like Depeche Mode isn't like the cure where they just kind of, hey, dude, do that. There's a lot of programming and yeah, light and, stuff. And that yeah. And they and, they have the uh, the video screen right. going for every song, you know, so it's it's like a video playlist as as well as the programming and all of that for the set list. So, yeah, you don't just lean over and be like, hey, boys. Yeah, let's uh, let's change it up and let's just <laughs> throw in master and servant right yeah. here. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen. But it was interesting to see them for the first time without Andrew Fletcher, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they, it, it's interesting too because the the uh, multi instrumentalist guy that's been with them for the last several tours, right? Uh, it, it seems like his role um, keeps uh, increasing. And he plays a lot of stuff live, a lot of those keyboard lines live, mm-hmm. and and it's really cool. And uh, man, they played um, like kind of a, um, a, a acoustic, almost acoustic version, a slowed down version of Stripped that oh, was sweet. amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was that was one of the differences for the Dallas show, and just you know. 
Dave Gahan, even though even though uh, Dave and Martin are wearing tons of makeup these days, uh-huh. just pancake stage makeup, they still look great. You know, they're still rock star skinny and Dave still got all the moves and it was just so much fun. Uh, one of the, the favorites um, in the current set is uh, It's No Good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, was that on Ultra? I can't, I can't remember. remember. Yeah. It, was, it was a latter 90s jam, I think. Um, but it's just, it's such a hot jam. And the uh, the video it has like a bunch of donkeys walking on the beach. <laughs> yeah. It just makes no sense. But it's just, it, it was one of the highlights of the show. And so yeah. I was just, I was so glad that, you know, I got to share it with both my wife and my friends. And the second time around, I wasn't stressed about getting there and stressed about seeing everything. And, uh, I, I could just really kind of just soak it all in, uh, uh, because I had already done it once. And so this was kind of the do over show. Right, right, right. And, uh, and both Texas dates, they had uh, dive open up. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And they, I mean, it was hard because they, you know how it is as an opener, you get like half the volume. Uh-huh. And so it was very hard to hear if you weren't close. Right. And, and they definitely are not a arena ready band. You know, they're, <laughs> right. they're, they're still a, a, a little band from Brooklyn, even though they've been around for a while. But it was great to see them in that environment. And uh, I think they made some new fans. So anyway. That's that cool. Is, and so you made it the because normally when we go see Depeche Mode, we rarely see the opening <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, in in Austin, because of because of traffic and because of where we had to be dropped off by the the uh, Uber driver, we mm-hmm. ended up uh, missing, I would say, two thirds of of dive. Mm-hmm. And we also it, it also that, you know, we, we went to the the Mood, uh, mm-hmm. the the new Moody Center in Austin, and it was very unclear like the process of getting a wristband to get on the floor because there were only certain ways to get down there. Right. And so we were pointed in different directions. So by the time we actually got down there and got to our seats, they were they had like two songs left. So I was a little bummed about that. But in Dallas, got to see, I think, all of it. Okay, that's I th- cool. I think we were, yeah, I think we were in our seats before they even started. So, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I was... Um... The David Gahan thing, he's something. I was talking to Lou about this the other day. The difference of him and like, you know, because Mick Jagger's still skinny. And I know he's like 20 years older at least, you know, if he, if not even more. But it's... Well, Jagger just turned 80 and what is Gahan, early 60s? Yeah, so maybe Like 17, yeah, 17 yeah, yeah. 20 years, something like that. Yeah, so, but even 20 years ago, Mick Jagger wasn't able to be as cool as... Gahan is right now. He still has this way that it's it doesn't look like you're going, oh look at this, look at this old guy, you know, kind of moving his arms around and stuff up there. He he's the real deal. It's crazy how he can still do that. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. It's not he it's not like he's a caricature of his former self. He's still him. Yeah, he's he just his command on the stage is like no one else. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And you know, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he does this every tour. He did it at both shows, but uh, you know when they play 
walking in my shoes. Uh-huh. And, then, and then there's the, you know, the big uh, instrumental swell at the end. And then he walks out to the edge of the catwalk and hikes up his pants and shows off his <laughs> yeah. his red snakeskin boots. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just good. It's, it's so just good. really good. Uh, well, that's great. You got to see the mode again. Does it, yeah. does it feel like um, it, this didn't feel like this? They're not going to do it anymore after this, did it? No, or? I, I yeah, I didn't get that sense. I feel like they probably have at least one more album and tour in them. Mm-hmm. I did. I did not get the sense that this was a farewell tour in any way. Yeah. Well, this was a big one. I mean, they, yeah. they've done. Yeah. It all. I mean, they 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 may take some time off, or they may just keep this going. I don't know because they are making a ton of money. Everybody yeah. was buying merch, and selling it out. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. I, I mean, both arenas were electric, uh, especially the the. Uh, American Airlines Center because the way they have the Moody Center set up Mm -hmm. uh, the the lower level of of seats for basketball like they totally retract them oh okay so so the floor the floor is is wider in Austin than it is in Dallas Uh and and the first row of seats in the bowl are like way above your head Whereas at the American Airlines Center, you're on the floor and then you look to your right and it's basically you're looking over the the hockey boards at the first row of seats. You know what I mean? And so people were more on top of the show, it felt like, in Dallas. And and maybe it was also because we got there early and we got to see everybody just chattering, you know, just the, the buzz in the building and everybody in their seats waiting patiently and just you know the the energy level rising throughout right and then and then just the explosion when they came out it was just so good it you know that they they're not a nostalgia act they are still so relevant but it's like they they have all the cachet of a nostalgia act you know people are like i gotta see them before they stop doing it but then you also have the true fans and the new fans that are are feeding the energy and it's just really good yeah yeah it's cool that they're not you know that you don't feel sorry for them <laughs> you know what i mean like you're like yeah it's cool that they still have it oh look at them like a, a patronizing depeche mode fan oh yeah. mm. look at him. he's still wearing assless chaps oh look he looks so cute in his chains anyway that's enough on depeche mode what do you got um, well, let me just, should, I should just play the jam. Yeah. And then we could talk about it afterward. If you were going to say, if some band was called Handsome and Rat, but it's all one word, how would you say that? Handsome Rat? Or Handsome Rat? Uh, You're, are you going to have to see it written down? I'm going to have to see it written down, but I would just, yeah, I... I it's probably just uh, making it SEO uh, compliant to just have it all mashed together. Handsome rat. Handsome rat or handsome rat. I don't know. But anyway, the song's good. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> yeah, what's the name of the song? The name of the song is In and Out of Love. In and Out of Love. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Not really. Here it goes.
How's that grab you? I like it. I was worried that it was going to be a Bon Jovi cover. <laughs> it isn't. You need to pull that up really fast. What? Bon Jovi, In and Out of Love. Oh. <laughs> I will. Hold on. Did you Did you even know that existed? Uh-uh. I don't even know. Do I? Would I know that song? I probably do. Prob- no. Well, I think it was off their first record, so maybe not. Uh, love. Hold on. Yeah, I like the other one better. <laughs> <laughs> How many plays does that one have? Uh, let's see. Do I need to pull the thing? All right, here we go, here we go. In and Out of Love. First song on the record. The album 7,800 Fahrenheit? Oh, yeah, that's right. Or how do you say it? 7,800? 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't oh, know. Oh, degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, I'm glad I don't know any of this stuff. I guess uh, maybe I think that's the melting point of rock or something, yeah. <laughs> something stupid. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. Okay. 19 January 1st, 1985. They released that on that day off Def Jam Music. That's funny. But uh 12 million. All right. 12 million 6. So, 
you know, it'll be 13 million pretty soon. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this uh, band did not, they don't have those numbers. Yeah, Handsome Rat has not eclipsed 12 million plays quite yet. Not yet, but... Um, but I did like it. Do, what, do you know anything about them? They're from Manchester. Okay. Um, I, I did not necessarily know they were English. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it is Handsome Rat because on one of their things, they capitalize the R. They don't. Okay. They don't on Spotify, but so it's got to be Handsome Rat. Yeah. But um, they look like young, cool kids that are playing cool music. But they put out, like, if you look at their discography, they'll have like, in 2020, one song, 2022, <laughs> one song. Like they, it's just one single, and they just put out another one, which is the way I think people should do it because that's all people can take. So they've not ever put out a full length. It doesn't look like it. Like, I can't tell on their thing. That's crazy. Let me see real quick while we're while we're looking at stuff. Artist pick, discography. Yeah, they're, it seems like they're all just singles. It's hilarious. I yeah, love it. They, they don't have a wiki. Yeah, there's a 2020, 2021, 2022, and, and right now, 2023. I mean that's a that's a cool move I think. Just hey, we're gonna do one song this year. This is what you got. But yeah, check them check them out if you can find a picture of them. They look like just cool Manchester kids. I don't know how young they are. You oh, call do them, they do they not? You look, call them kids. One of them is like a bald dude. Yeah, these the, the pictures I'm seeing they're kids. They're from Stratford, oh, Manchester. Oh wait, there is there is a, a bald dude on the left, but it looks like the bass player and the guitar player. It looks like they're kids to me. Maybe they're not. Or we're just old. Or we're just old. I don't know. Yeah, they look like they're younger, dude. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, but I liked it. It was just part of the new release stuff that, you know, whatever. From your from your sources. No, this one was a... I went solo this time on my tunes. Wow, look at you. I know, I know. Well, uh, speaking of love, <laughs> should we uh, should we spend a, a brief sesh talking about the beautiful mm -hmm. romantic nuptials of our friend Taylor and his, his better half, Katie? That's why I played that song, so we could you could have a segue like that. Uh, that's how that's how I plan ahead for this. Yeah. Thing. That's how profesh I am. You're you're welcome. I think all of us were a little trepidatious going in because we all had to be bussed out to BFE East Texas to uh, a wedding venue out in Emory. But it turned out to be such a beautiful place, and the, I think the fact that we were all stuck there together made it, and, and we all rode back on the same bus. Oh, God, that trip back was long. It was long, but you had Dale being the, the bus DJ in the back with, with the uh, sonic boom, boom box uh -huh. thing. You were in the front with the grown-ups, right? No, I was in the back. Wait, where were you sitting next to us? I, I was sitting like 
Two oh, you rows were right behind in front you guys. Of oh, I thought you were right in front of us. I don't know. Oh, that's right, because Pace and Clara were behind us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, I, I think, you know, uh, Marissa and I have talked about it. Obviously, Marissa and I think that our wedding is the best of all time. Uh-huh. But, but this was a close second. Like, just the way, the way everything came together and the mix of people that was there and uh, the, just the thoughtfulness of everything and just seeing two kids that we just love so much. They're not kids anymore, but seeing them so happy and so in love, uh, it was just, it was fantastic. It's a long time coming. Jeez. Yeah, he made her wait for it. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> but what were your impressions? Um, man, I thought everything was great. It was easy peasy. They, You know, we didn't really do a whole lot. We were in the wedding, but we didn't. Yeah, we didn't even have to stand up there. Just the uh, the best man and uh, maid of honor stood on the uh, the altar, which was outdo- outdoors uh-huh. in, in front of a beautiful little pond or lake. Um, uh-huh. The donkey in the background that was nice. <laughs> yeah, there was a donkey braying that that uh, afterwards we said was Manny <laughs> chiming in. Yeah, the um, the trip out there. I was kind of messing with him, of course, about how far you know kind of over exaggerating how far it was and then it actually was that far and it became less funny after a while it was a 90 minute drive yeah that i mean just whoo and we had to be ready to go at your place at 11. yeah there was just a lot of moving parts that day. yeah it, it was stressful like the day before because we i had to take the day off and we had to go to the rehearsal uh at at her parents house and then there was the rehearsal dinner at the uh the times 10 sellers place with the Connie rosa pizza but it was during uh a rangers playoff game and so everybody was watching it on their phones Uh (laughs) Um, so yeah that was stressful and then yeah the day of was stressful especially for my my wife who you know that she had to be up at like 6 a.m oh god yeah that's right because they had to leave way early as the bridal party to get out there and get ready for stuff Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was super cool. And, uh, I thought honestly, uh, outside of my own most recent wedding, uh, eloped one other time and then had a big wedding for the first one that I regret. But, uh, outside of my most recent wedding, it was definitely my favorite wedding I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. We had a good time out there. It was kind of cool to have everybody together. And it wasn't like they invited seven trillion people. So everyone kind of could see everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was fun times. It was fun times. It was good to see some people we haven't seen in a while. The Whittington, the PW Longs, all those yeah. guys. That was fun. Yeah, it was nice that some of our uh, far-flung friends, uh, Nolan. Nolan uh, and Tam. Yeah. That uh, there were a, a handful of, of folks that were able to make it. Uh, mm-hmm. That we and, and Fort Worth folks and and uh, Tatch, Tatch came up, up from, from uh, the Hill Country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was good. Anyways, good times, love, love. Oh, and, and you know they sprung on me that I that I was going to have to do a reading. <laughs> yeah, that was great. You did great. And uh, and so they they had a PA and the the minister. He was kind of a non-denominational kind of new agey minister with dreadlocks. Yeah, he was a bro. And uh, 
And so he was very soft-spoken. He had this PA. And so they invite me up to do this reading from some weird book of love. It's like poetry. Uh And uh, I was having to try and sell it like I meant it, like this weird passage (laughs) about uh, a, a boy who grew up in a field next to a girl who lived in a house and just just didn't make any sense. But, um, but I got up there and I got full into the mic and started reading and just blew the speakers (laughs) out. Yeah. Like, Well, sorry, I got to back off. He's, he's much more soft spoken. Yeah. That was funny when you said that he's a little soft spoken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was the same when the night before, after, uh, the, one of the bridesmaids gave a little speech and then Taylor grabbed the mic because I was back on the ground oh, yeah, underneath yeah. everybody running sound and I knew I even still turned it down halfway but when Taylor grabbed it he just blew everyone. <laughs> I'm like okay he also knows how to hold a microphone so that helps yeah <laughs> you yeah. know everyone else just they just think if the mic is somewhere in the vicinity of their face right that It'll everyone can up. hear <laughs> Yeah, those of us with good mic technique, Yeah, we blow everybody yeah. out of the water. Y'all are at the, you don't realize the PA's on 50 because no one will hold the mic right. Oh, All right, let's get to uh, the other Crosses Jam. Okay. And so so that first one uh, that we played, uh, Girls Float, Boys Cry with Robert Smith, kind of a down-tempo jam, moody jam. Uh-huh. Uh, so the next one that we're going to play is called Invisible Hand, and it is the uh, first single off the record, and okay. it's it's more of a hot one. And I, I also wanted to play this for you because it has one of your favorite go-to freestyle words. Oh, nice! Can you predict what that would be? No, but I'm I'll, I'll when I hear it, it'll, okay, it'll jump yeah. out. All right, so see if you can pick out Toby's favorite freestyle word and uh, enjoy Invisible Hand by Crosses. Closer, turn your mood. 
sounds great yeah the production is really clean on it yeah it's something that that uh so is that that guy that's that's doing all the production and everything is that him yeah i i as far as i know that's that he does all the tracks and chino just does the vocals okay but i'm sure he mixes it and everything he seems like it seems like that type of deal yeah when that bass hits in that little pre-chorus thing that's live yeah. that would be something yeah it's fat yeah they're they actually are coming to house of blues in uh like february i think we might need to check that out yeah it'll yeah, be good I, weather for us to wear our all black and right put some eyeliner on i would wear eyeliner to that show mm-hmm. i think you yeah I, I i've really uh i i encourage everyone to just uh Especially like maybe at night in the car if you have a long drive, uh, just put that record on and just listen to it front to cover. Front to cover, or just yeah. blast it out the front door while you're giving away Halloween candy. Sure, <laughs> that'd be a great move. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, I they also have a, another song, uh, another guest star, uh, a song called Big Youth. That has uh, LP from uh, Run the Jewels. Oh, nice! You know the white dude from Run the Jewels. Mm-hmm. And so he does a uh, a verse at the end, and uh, it's pretty lit. Um, but I wanted to play that one because it has one yeah. of your favorite one of your favorite freestyle words. If you could just uh, break off a bar for us, sometimes. 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 It gets real hard. <laughs> That's all you have to do when, like, the music is building at the start. Get, you know, kind of do it sometimes and then kind of rub your mouth a little bit like you're about to say something real serious. <laughs> right. Or you rub your hands together sometimes. 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 <laughs> it gets real hard in life. <laughs> life ain't what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So glad you enjoyed that. That's something. Yeah, I knew right when it hit sometimes. I was like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there she go. Sometimes. There she go. All right. Do you want to, uh, we can do a little Cali talk at the end if you want, but uh, why don't you 
get us right into your next jam. Yeah, well, you also, you have, I mean, you got a lot of sports talk, but we can get into all that because I have, I have questions. Okay. Um, okay. Now, this is the one I was having to game time. How do you feel about your decision? I think I'm going to go with two twins from Milton Keys because the other band I want to play called Water Pistol, I, I can't tell from any of their bio what the hell's going on with them. Okay. Except they're from Boston, but check them out if you get a chance. They put out something new, but I can't tell if if it's some reunion or what's going on with them, but their new song sounds like it could be like a My Bloody Valentine song or something. But I'm not going to play that one. Okay. We're going to do a band called Lilac Fall. Is that how you say L-I-L-A-C? Lilac? Yeah. Lilac Fall. Are you really into them? I've never heard of them. All right. This it was, sounds beautiful, though. I know. It sounds great. Two twin boys. Um, Different in the Dark is the name of this track. Let's see what you think. So so they're they're twins, but their dicks go, like, different directions. So in the dark, you can tell who's who. No, they're actually Siamese, twi- and they're connected by their Peter. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like a constant docking. A forever dock, if you will. Is that the name of the record? <laughs> it's, it's forever docked. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> I might need to take that out. No, here leave it.
they maybe let it go on a little too long. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, it feels like the you know like the end of a John Hughes movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, like it's the the thanking the city of Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, all the cast are walking off into a field, yeah. and just everything worked out great. Yeah, it, I like the fact that it starts out very like lo-fi bedroom pop and then it turns on it it turns into a full 80s jam with yeah. saxophone at the end. Yeah, the saxophone is what got me. That's when I was like, okay, I'm playing this one. Yeah, yeah. I I needed a good sax solo. That's great. <laughs> it just it changes the whole vibe of the tune all of a sudden. It's great. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, two kids, Kim and Alfie Allen. So, they're both boys? Yeah. Or- Kim is a boy. Kim and Alfie both. Okay. But go, well, I mean, it would it would make sense if they're forever docking. Yeah. That they're both boys. Yeah. They um, go look at pictures and stuff. It'll make you like them even more because they're just they they're so proud about being from Milton Keys in the suburbs and they're not trying to be cool about anything. <laughs> they're just sweet dudes writing little pop songs. And it looks like they're kind of doing the same thing, too, with the singles. Just tons of singles. I think that's what people do now. <laughs> I'm finding a, there's a band called Lilac. Lilac what? Fall Band. If you type it in, you'll, you can, if you go to their website and look at their scrapbook, <laughs> you'll see a okay. bunch of pictures of them. And they even have pictures when they were babies and stuff. Scrapbook, but their bio—you got to read it because they're just like, uh, here, let me, let me. They're very proud of their little town. The uh, photos, the photos of them and their matching red hoodies. <laughs> twin brothers Kim and Alfie Allen, and we make music from home in suburban Milton Keys. It's like northwest of London, I think. As twins growing up in the suburbs of a young city, striving for its own sense of individuality. We alike the city drive forward with that same intent. <laughs> Isn't it cool? Yeah. <laughs> Look at those They're, dudes. They, they are very earnest. They're really doing it. Yeah, and they like to be kind of matchy, but not totally matchy. Yeah, because they don't look like twins. No, yeah. They look completely different. Like one okay. of them looks like he's in Simply Red, and the other one looks like he's in, I don't know. The Coral? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, he's like the dude in the back of the prodigy that they don't really show that much, but is doing yeah. everything. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. It is fun. I thought we would end with some fun. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, let's talk about sports because you never really get to talk about sports that much. Sure. What do you want to ask? Um, I So, SoFi Stadium. On TV, it just looks like the coolest thing ever. Is is it the coolest thing ever? It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, we got there early and That's we walked. That's the best around. review I've ever heard. Well, it it's it's in a really shitty part of town. Okay, it's out of town, right? No, no, no. It's in LA, but it's it's like uh, Culver City, uh, um, Inglewood. Yeah, not downtown or anything like that. Yeah. Which you don't want to be downtown anyway. Well, it it just depends on what part of downtown, but it it's, you know, it's 
it, it's just a rough area. And uh, so getting there is kind of a pain. But once you're there and you're walking around, it's, it is cool how they have the, the in, indoor outdoor feel, uh-huh. you know, the, the, the giant kind of uh, cantilevered cover, but it's still open air. And we, you know, we were walking around because uh, we got there so early because we were doing the show from there. And, uh, you know, it, it was built a little bit after AT&T Stadium. Um, and what's interesting is, is that you can kind of tell that Jerry paid a little bit more attention to the details, uh-huh. like the finish out. And just everything's a little bit more thoughtful at AT&T Stadium. I know a lot of people have complaints about AT&T Stadium as far as a venue to watch football. But mm-hmm. as far as a structure and as far as like just the amenities, I mean, it's really good. And so it's like they kind of cheaped out on the materials in places at SoFi. Uh-huh. It's just not quite as as palatial. Um, <laughs> it does. Uh, and, it's not as sturdy. It, well, I mean, it's sturdy, but it's just you know they they went for the lower grade you know uh, quartz instead of the the uh, the soapstone. I see you know, what you whatever. mean. I see what you mean. Uh, and uh, and it was kind of weird because it was a Monday night, so I guess you maybe have extra media in attendance, but they they ran out of radio booths. So where we were set up was where the Westwood One broadcast was set up and it was just a it was a luxury suite that they were just using as a radio booth oh nice and then uh the i don't know if you saw the video but the cowboys uh spanish play-by-play guy or or the play-by-play broadcast had to be in the middle of the press box oh dang okay cool and so everybody, all the writers are there trying to do their work, and it's dead quiet except for these two guys <laughs> screaming so in Spanish. Yeah, no, but that's cool though. I like listening to that stuff. They get a little bit more excited, like a. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I there were a couple times I wandered over and stood behind him and <laughs> and rolled tape on it. Yeah, and uh, we got we got some good drops on that one. But uh, yeah, it, it was super cool, and uh, the best part of it was. Corby and I spent the first half in the press box and we were, you know, they, they put us on the back row of the press box. Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't see, you know, cause the scoreboard at SoFi is, is really cool. It's got that, you know, kind of infinity, uh, screen, you right, know, it's, it's right. like oval. Uh-huh. But when you're sitting on the back row of the press box, the window, is, the top of the window is below the scoreboard. So you couldn't see it. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's great to be in the building, but we were like, well, let's, let's go walk around. And so I intended to spend the second half, like just kind of walking around, uh, in the stands and, and just watching from there. But we went back to the Westwood one booth, uh, where we had our stuff and we realized, well, they have like free food and free beer here. And no one is drinking the beer. So we basically had all the beer to ourselves. <laughs> so you, you broke diet on this one. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, I mean, you're. How many yeah. times you're going to be on vacay? So far, or, or, or on box. a quote unquote work trip. Um, yeah, so Corby and I uh, spent the second half in the Westwood One radio booth, and we got to. We were standing right behind Kevin Harlan, okay. who is he's he does uh, you know he does a lot of NBA on TNT games, um, and he uh, I don't know if he is the voice of a, any particular team right now. Mm. We had him on the air and he was telling us all the stuff he does, but he, he is the voice of Monday Night Football on Westwood One. And he's like friends with The Rock. He's like that short comedian. No, you're thinking of, who is that? Kevin Hart. Yeah, no, this is Kevin Harlan. Are you sure it wasn't? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, because he's white and old. Which one? Kevin Harlan. Oh, Harlan is. Okay, yeah. I don't see color, so I wouldn't know... Which one was which, probably. But yeah, he he usually does it with uh, with Kurt Warner, but Kurt Warner was over doing the London game. Oh, sweet! And so uh, it was. Oh gosh, I can't remember who was with him doing color. Um, doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, but just seeing him work and just seeing the uh, you know the producer. And the spotter and the the two play by play and color guy working together and just uh, the crowd was going nuts. It was like sixty, maybe sixty five percent cowboy fans in there. Oh sure, yeah, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah, it was it was just a really really cool environment. And you know, uh, as we were there, you know, after our show and before the Monday night football game, we we watched. Uh, the end of the, uh, I think it was maybe Rangers in Baltimore at the time, or maybe, I can't remember who they were playing at the time, but we got to watch a Rangers victory mm-hmm. while we were there. So it was like sports colliding. It was so much fun. Where were y'all when you did the, because uh, it looked really cool, the pictures. Were, were y'all on, what beach were you on when you did the the broadcast the next day, or was it the day before? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the day after. Okay. So. Yeah, we stayed in Hermosa Beach. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, and so we, and Hermosa Beach is about a 30-minute walk uh, south of Manhattan Beach. Right. Like, they're, they're neighboring beach towns. And so we did a lot of stuff as far as, you know, watching the Ranger game and going out to breakfast and dinner. We did a lot of that in Manhattan Beach, but we stayed in Hermosa Beach, which is like a, a more laid-back chill version of of manhattan beach and and we uh yeah we did our show from the patio there's a giant open air patio of uh a restaurant down there in hermosa beach and it was spectacular it looked lovely we were just having the best time and it was the most relaxed show and (laughs) we just we i mean we we knew we were gonna have to scramble to get to the airport, but we didn't even care. You know, we were just having such a good time, uh, just being there with each other, being out in the 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 sea air, mm-hmm. and uh, watching people walk by with their dogs, and watching people play volleyball. It was just so. It was just the most magical place. It was and so we LA. Were, we were like, why can't we just stay here and do the show here every day? Uh-huh. Uh, Roll yeah, up was, on your roller skates. I know. Well, yeah, I, I, I threatened to bring my rollerblades. 
Uh, <laughs> just wipe out on the, on the strand. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Hit a little clump of sand and end up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. But it, it was so cool. It was such a great place. And, uh, oh, man, there was so- – oh, oh, and then we uh, – we did have a a brush with death. Did you hear this? Mm-mm. So, we we get to the airport. We didn't rent a car because we didn't want to have to deal with returning it because we were going to be so tight on time. So right. we we Uber to the airport. We get there in, in plenty of time. We are all checked in, and we get boarded, and we push away from the gate. Everything is on time. Everything's great. We get to the end of the runway and they fire up the engines and we start barreling down as though we're going to take off. And then they just shut it down and throw on the brakes. And we're like, what the hell? And we taxi back to the gate and the pilot gets on the intercom and says, uh, yeah, we, uh, we had a, a um, system malfunction yeah, uh, uh, notification. System malfunction. And uh, so we're going to have maintenance take a look at uh, what's going on. And so we go back to the gate. And then after like five minutes, they said, yeah, this uh, plane is being taken out of service. (laughs) Yeah. So we had to get off. Did they ever say what it was? It was just engine. No, I I, I don't know what it was, but it was some kind of system failure. Uh Like like we were about to take off. And I don't know if it was the... You know the hydraulics or the fuel system or what exactly it was, but uh, it, they had to abort at the last minute. Golly! I so, mean, with as much as, as many times as cars break down every day, it's amazing planes work at all. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts there. Well, but with a plane, they they usually when a warning light comes on, they're like, oh, "I'll get that checked out later." <laughs> I can I can probably go until the next one will change for that mm-hmm. one. Well, real quick, um, and then we can we can shut her down. So you were at the game where uh, he wa- had the walk off. Yes. So I yeah. saw a video, and it was it just insane in there. Yeah. So uh, talking about World Series game one. World Series. Yeah, and so we were fortunate enough. Uh, Bob and Corby and myself, the other folks that I do uh, the radio show with, we were fortunate enough to be invited by a listener to go to their suite for game one. And when you think suite, you're like, oh my God, you know, you're right behind home plate. And, uh, you know, this is the most fantastic palatial experience. I mean, I'm not looking a gift horse in the mouth, but I just want to put the picture in the frame that this was a suite in right field. It was like the furthest away suite you could possibly get. Um, still though, it's a but suite. Still, but still, it was a suite and it was in the building mm-hmm. and I'd never been to a World Series game, probably never will again. But, uh, you know, it was a very frustrating game because the Diamondbacks play a re- very frustrating brand of, of baseball where you know, they uh, bore they're, you to they're, death. They're content to take walks and punch through, you know, ground ball singles mm-hmm. and steal bases and move runners over with sacrifice bunts. And then all, you, all of a sudden they're up three nothing. And, uh, and so 
it looked like it was going to be one of those nights. And so at the end, Corby had to catch an early flight with his sons because they went to go uh, visit uh, University of Kansas. Oh, yeah. Because his son is thinking about going there. And so they saw the uh, KU upset of OU. That's so great. Um, and so Corby left. And so for the ninth, Bob and I decided, because we were parked over by home plate, that we would walk around and just kind of look from the standing room areas uh, for the last inning. Because uh-huh. we, we weren't sure if they were even going to come back. And then in the bottom of the ninth, Seeger hits a two-run home run to tie it. And then in the bottom of the 11th, uh, Adolis Garcia hits a solo home run to win it. And that's what you're talking about is, is we were kind of – we had moved around over to the first base side. And uh, I took a video of uh, Adolis' at, at bat. I kept on – you know, because everybody was standing. Everybody is like – waiting for him to be the hero because he's been on such a historic tear. And so before every pitch, I would just start a new recording, just right. hoping hoping that it would be that walk-off moment. And uh, I guess maybe the third or fourth pitch of the at-bat, he hits it opposite field over the wall, and I, I caught it on tape, and I caught Bob, Bob freaking out, freaking yeah. out, celebrating, and then we had talked about if if there's a walk off, we're just going to run out the door <laughs> to beat <laughs> yeah. the traffic. Uh-huh. So you know we're celebrating, celebrating, and then we're like, let's go, and we just took off running. Yeah, and you I'm, were so close to the door, you were outside in like five seconds. Yeah, and we're it's like high fiving the, the security uh, the, guy, the yeah. security guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a magical, magical moment, and uh, definitely best in-person sports moment of my life so i am eternally grateful that's uh, that's huge to see that that was that's yeah big yeah i mean who knows you know we are uh, as we record the uh, world series is tied at one uh don't know how it's going to work out but as of right now riding a uh, ranger high and uh can't believe i got to see that in person yeah that's so awesome i love it um Hopefully I can get this thing turned around to where all of this doesn't sound so dated. But um, no, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, and and again, thank you to our patrons who uh, are dealing with a a dearth of content. But I do promise that I will do some kind of fall mixtape for you guys in the next month. So. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll try and get back on time with November. November. We need to do an in person. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's try and work that. that out. We haven't been to uh, your studio in a while. Let's let's do it there. Okay. I mean, we've been at Bring the it. at the branch house. Right. You, you haven't been at the station in a while, but let's. Uh, we haven't been at um, what what were we calling yours? Just North. HTL North. Yeah. Yeah. But now, but now that doesn't make sense. Now yeah, that we, we have need, the branch. You need a nickname. We have a branch. We have a station. We need a. What will we call that? An M Street. Yeah, it's not really M Streets, though. Yeah, V Street. <laughs> Belmont edition. Yeah. We'll, fit, we'll, we'll think of it. It needs to come out organically. Yes. All right, play us out. Let's let's do some trick-or-treating. Golly, I love that you some picked... Some World Series baseball. The six minutes. <laughs> I know. I wish there was an edit. Maybe just pick it up in the middle. Uh, I can. Yeah, just pick it up in the middle. We All can right, talk gonna... it out. Okay.
There we go. There we go. We want to thank you for being with us for H2L episode 75. Kind of a historic number. It's like our diamond anniversary. Nice. The October 2023 episode. This, of course, is Every Day is Like Halloween by Ministry. Don't forget, Ministry Tracks. The Rarities compilation is our HTL album of the month. Woo! If you would like a copy, brand new vinyl copy, repressing, go to positivespin.com, positive with a Z. Give them an email address and you'll be entered into a drawing to win. And want to remind you, we've listened to the Cute Twins and Lilac Fall. Woo! We've listened to Crosses and we've listened to Handsome Rat. A very fun, uplifting... Sort of Halloween episode. Party edition of HTL. Even though it was a matinee for us, hope you're partying no matter when and where you are. Hopefully we don't sound as tired as we normally do. No, I feel fresh as a daisy, despite sounding terrible. You sound great, Dave. Blah, 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 blah. It's the same in What are you going as for Halloween? Um... Well, normally I uh, pick an animal. Like, I like to do the inflatable dinosaur. Uh-huh. But I feel like I've just done it so much that um, I'm going to steal my daughter's costume, which is a cow. A cow? She's a Chick-fil-A cow. Okay. So I'm just going to steal that and be a cow. Well, the Chick-fil-A cows are always together, so you guys can both be cows. Yeah, but I'm just cow. I'm not a Chick-fil-A cow. You're just a cow. I'm just a cow. I was a cow once in college as well, and I had udders. And you, people randomly just come up and grab your udder when you That's have... That's a violation. I know. But they did it. It got annoying after a while. Hashtag Moo Too. <laughs> That's very clever, Dave. Thank That's very you. Very good. Very good. good. Night, everyone.